Forgettable Adventure. It's episode eight of Papal Bull. I'm Merit. I'm Eric. And wow, um, I just want to start off by saying, um, Paolo Sorrentino, um, I please forgive me for my for my sin of doubting you, um, because last the last episode you may remember was uh, was kind of a downer. And um, wow, wow, did he bring it back in a big way? Yeah, I, I would say uh, last episode was kind of a crisis of faith for both of us. And we definitely expressed some doubts, but we made it through. Uh, we're continuing the adventure. Oh, oh yes. Yes, we are. Um. <laughs> our adventure, our adventure, our adventure through the young Pope, which if you did not know is a currently airing or possibly long since aired HBO series in which Jude Law plays the Pope. Uh, in the forgotten times, in the Forgotten Times, The Young Pope was a television program which aired on the home broadcasting, the home theater... Box. It's a home, home, home box office. Home box organization. Um, the huge box office. And um, it, it was a, a television... The, <laughs> oh, no! Ugh. That was <laughs> gross. No, no. Um, it was that was a, intentional. Oh, it so wasn't. Um, and it was a program in which... Um, Jude Law, who plays the young pope, has to train to become the strongest pope um, because the other popes from alternate timelines are coming to fight him, and he has to be the one, like the one pope who defeats them yes. all. So uh, he he, yes. uh, he basically has to go through these other dimensions and fight them. Um, and uh, and wow, he he's we started off this episode with him in a pool, praying at yeah. the bottom of a pool. Which trailer watch, uh, a very important image from the trailer, uh, and it turns out that he's praying for Andrew, who we see being held by, I assume, Mary, as a boy in the middle of, like, a big white grain field. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of prays and talks about their relationship and their childhood, and he tells Mary to remind Andrew of the day uh, that they ran away, because apparently that's the only memory that they have together. <laughs> like, every time every time they interact, Lenny's like, yo, remember that one time? And Andrew's <laughs> like, we've done, we've done shit since then, dude. Like, we have other stories. Uh, but he talks about that. And he forgets, if, and if you've forgotten, he abandons Andrew when they leave the orphanage. Andrew's like, I want to go home. And Lenny just says, okay, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and he's turned it into this big, like, moving memory uh, that serves as, like, the foundation of their relationship. And he talks about all of the the late-night conversations they had about their future because uh, children paint the future in colors that reality can never know. Which, like, totally, that's how I pray. Like, that's how I think in my, in my head. Um, and he talks about... Uh, how fear and freedom always go together, like an old married couple. And this, these are the Jude Law line deliveries that we were missing from the last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just like we're back in in like true form. Um, and I couldn't be happier. Just like this episode, I, 
so much was riding on it and like just from the right from the beginning it was like oh my god yes like he's praying at the bottom of a pool saying these like you did it (laughs) we did it oh yeah and there's like a moment during this scene also where he's like pacing uh and the camera like spins around to indicate that he's pacing which is very confusing at first but i really liked um because he's in a very confused and spinning mental place. Mm. And it turns out, before we get to the intro, he's actually at, I'm pronunciation uh, roadblock alert, Castel Gandolfo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's like the apostolic summer palace yeah, for the Yeah, Gandalf's Pope. castle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one is allowed to pass. It's very gray. There are horses. I don't know. I'm trying to go through all of my Gandalf facts. Uh, And yeah, he's on vacation, apparently. And after the intro, we get this brief sequence of shots of, I think, the Pope wrestling. Can can you do you know what was happening? Oh, my God. In these shots. It's like antagonistic massage. It's like, um, Wow, wow. Th- these scenes. Um okay, they're like This is the, this is the crossover with Yuri on Ice. Um yeah, th- they're like <laughs> like mega like and I say this in just like the most descriptive way possible. They're mega gay. Like these scenes are just like <laughs> super duper gay. Like Yes, I think it says that in the screenplay like like uh we we see this happening to Lenny and like it's very gay. Like there is like a large man like it's on like, him on him just like stretching they're, him they're, out into like they're wearing they're wearing diapers yeah it seems or like something the kind that of thing looks like that, a diaper like, it seems like the kind of thing that like an early 20th century or like late 19th century like business magnate would do to have like someone come come in and like stretch him out to like limber him up for the stock markets or something i don't know stretch stretch him out for the stock markets that's put seems me on real. the rack yeah i have to be ready to go do my trade do my trades but yeah. my i only trade i only trade in the stock of christ <laughs> yeah so that's the scene yeah, that happens uh and it just is not referenced again with all there are all these like very soft fades of each of these shots and then uh the pope is kind of like walking around this palace praying then we very quickly cut to him wearing sunglasses and hitting tennis balls against a wall because he is nine yep <sighs> And meanwhile, one of the walls he's hitting the tennis ball against is outside of Sister Mary's room, where she just is lying in bed crying, clutching a photo of Andrew. And the Pope is just, like, hitting tennis balls against her wall while she grieves. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Pope is outside and says a very weird sentence. Like, weird even for this show. He says... Where do they go? The airplanes we never take. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. It's like he's reverted to being a child. <sighs> oh my god. Like this would make me more sense if he was the stoned pope. In that case, I think I would <laughs> if he was just like, hey Valente, like, you ever think about where airplanes go when we're not on them? <laughs> and Valente, Valente would be like, yeah, like, I think about that all the time. Like, crazy. But that's not what's happening in this scene. Uh, instead, 
we see that girl who shows up at the end of the last episode with the more you know text that reads Juana Fernandez, 1962 to 1980. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about Juana Fernandez? Yeah, so basically this guy is like... I think he's basically, like, making an appeal for her to be canonized. And we've we've seen him before. He's, like, a cardinal who shows up sometimes, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's one of the lesser cardinals. Um, yes. And, yeah. He's not in the cardinal squad. He's not in, like, the inner circle, for sure. But uh, he's, like, he's, he wants, like, Blessed Juana to be canonized because she, like, told, like, she told stories to sick children about, um about Mary, about, like, the Virgin Mary, and um, basically cast her in these heroic roles. And uh, then these kids got better from, like, terminal illnesses. And they're like, oh, Sister Mary, like, or uh, not Sister Mary, the other one. The Virgin Mary, <laughs> like, uh, cheered me up and, like, and and healed me. Well, she, she used to be the Virgin Mary, but that was an old t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so, like, um Lenny's like, oh, that's a wonderful story, if only it were true. And the Cardinal's like, well, it it is true, though. And Lenny's just like, mm, yeah, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> like, Which I love. I love that he is like, yeah, I'll think about whether or not it's true. So the interesting thing for me about this scene is like, are we supposed to think that he saw an apparition of this girl at the end of the last episode? That's my first question. Yeah, I don't know. Um, me, I think he did. Like, my instinct is that he saw this apparition and that then he tried to figure out, like, literally, who is she? Right. Uh, and that was the answer. My second favorite thing about this scene is that he starts, the the Cardinal starts describing the, the fairy tales and Lenny just says, I like this. Go on. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Like, it indicates how childish he's being that he just is like, I like the fairy tales. Like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. What are what are the stories about your saints, mm-hmm. your eminence? Um, I like that a lot. But uh, the next scene, a little bit less whimsical. Uh, the Pope is hanging out with Sister Mary, who tells him that his soft excommunication of women has unleashed the feminine. Um, so I did not know about this organization. Oh, really? I did not. I don't know how I didn't, but I did not know what what I mean, uh, feminine was. So you you might want to. Yeah, I mean, like they're for, European, for... so. Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. Um. Well, I think they're known best for being like an activist group that protests topless. Um. And mm. <laughs> and like he, Lenny, he does say that. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to talk about people who strip naked in order to <laughs> protest against something. Uh. So he doesn't. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then he's just like, he just feels like he's to blame for Andrew's death. And he kind yeah. of is. He is. Yep, he is. Uh, and then he's reclining by the pool, wearing his hat and, like, napping. And then he takes off his hat and tells Valente that he's very tired. But someone's about to show up to raise the Pope's spirits. <gasps> Sophia's back. Yay! Oh, in an extremely good pantsuit, by the way. Oh, my God, yeah. Um. Yeah, and she she like rolls up to the palace, uh, and she's you know she's happy to have been invited by the Pope, 
Uh, and she says, I love helicopters. They always make me feel like I'm having an adventure. And the Pope says, young people like you love adventures, which <laughs> definitely means that the Pope has been spending his vacation on Tinder. <laughs> he just scrolled through and everyone's like, love, need someone to have adventures with. Love adventures. Uh, just love going on adventures, dog. And the Pope is like, wow, like young people are really into fucking on adventures, I guess. Uh, so that's what's happening with the Pope. And he he asks her what he's doing wrong, uh, and like he he has begun to realize that he his approach to the papacy might not be succeeding, and she says we've failed to follow the eternal unchanging principle of the carrot and the stick because he's been a huge dick to everybody but has not done a single good thing for anyone except for Gutierrez. Right, right. It's kind of like a um, when daddy doesn't give you coming situation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Dude, what can it's you like. can you can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Uh, uh, I, I can't. In, in case anyone, um, by law, I actually cannot. Oh, really? Is that is yeah. there like is there a gag? Is there a gag order? Yeah. Well, I'm recording in Canada, and um, we do actually have a law against that kind of thing. So it's buried in the Canada oh, rules. Um, but but uh, yeah, she wants him to make a speech about love and take a trip, and she wants him to go. Okay, and this comes up a bunch of times throughout the episode and i get that the show tries to be vague about a lot of things so as so as not to like like it changes names of things and it doesn't really tell you what's going on with everything but she's like i want you to go to africa and it's like where specific like it's like oh i want you to go to north america like it just god like they never say I, I looked, I tried finding out exactly where he was because I thought that they said it at some point. Nope. No, they do not. It's just Africa. And like, and like, we'll get to this later when we get to the part where the Pope actually goes to Africa. But yeah, they really did a like very generic, like, hey guys, um, we were wondering if you had any sets or dialogue or concepts left over from when you filmed Hotel Rwanda. Oh my god! Just we wanted to borrow that. We used all of our money on on the papal tiara in the budget, so we didn't have anything. We to actually use to bought shoot back on, the real papal location. tiara, <laughs> yeah. and so that we could have that one shot where it glows in episode five. That was the whole production budget for the show. So now we're just reusing all of these sets. Uh. Yeah, and and uh, she says that she wants him to go to uh, this celebration of this charity uh, called the Villages of Goodness. I don't know what this is supposed to. Do you know what this is supposed to be a reference to? I like briefly tried looking it up, uh, but then I got distracted by the next scene. Um, but there's this this very powerful uh, nun, Sister Antonia who apparently calls Sophia 14 times a day to ask the Pope to visit her. And the Pope does not want to go. He says, I'm not particularly fond of Sister Antonia. And what's more, several cardinals have told me she has a close and friendly relationship with halitosis. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't know what these are based on. um, But I think it's just kind of like a generic, like, Christian aid um, organization it could be any number of things, I guess. But maybe there is something specific that we're just missing because we don't have the context. Sound off in the comments. Uh, yeah, and I love that he doesn't want to go, partly because he would have to spend time with a woman who has bad breath. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, it's such uh, a Lenny and move. It, and also, he just doesn't like traveling. 
Uh, and he's like, I don't want to be on vacation. I want to be in the Vatican. And Sophia says, all intelligent men are uncomfortable on vacation. Oh, my God. Speak for yourself, Sophia. Yeah, I love I love Sophia. And, like, you were saying uh, before we started recording that one of the reasons that this episode, like, is so – feels so much fresher than the last one is because uh, Sophia and Gutierrez are, like, the two characters that make Lenny kind of act like a human being. Yes. And the last episode like, was missing only... both of them. Yes. Uh, because Sophia, like, talks back to him and he listens to her. And Gutierrez brings out his, like, maternal side, basically. Yeah. And I, I love that. And, like, those, those, I think those modes of Lenny are necessary for the show to even, like, slightly ground all of the crazy shit that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, it's interesting, he wants, like, it's interesting to me that Lenny wants Sophia's approval. I, like, I don't know why. Because he doesn't, like... I don't think it's as simple as saying he generically wants the approval of, like, lots of different women who stand in for his mother, uh, because he doesn't quite act that way with Sister Mary or Esther. But he does have this, like, very interesting and I think, like, relatively specific working relationship with Sophia that I really like. Yeah. But I got, dis- I got distracted from from researching this stuff, because in the next scene, the Pope is walking around a hedge maze at night. And a bunch of naked women stand up in the hedge maze, and they each have a letter spelling out the word bastard written on them in what <laughs> looks like blood. Yeah, and he's just smoking, like, uh-huh. Mm, yep. So, but, so, but also, like, the way the scene is shot, like, it lo- like th- when the first woman stands up, it looks like it's, like, another dream sequence thing where he's, like, seeing his mother or someone else. Yeah, it's, and very, then, it's like, yeah, she's out of focus. It's like yeah. a horror, or it looks like a horror movie or something. Yeah, and then they just keep standing up and it just spills a bastard. And he's like, uh-huh, huh, huh. So I I still am pretty sure that this is a dream sequence. But did you think, because I, I watched it again this morning. Did you think maybe there was a chance that this was supposed to be like a protest? Yeah, no, I think it is. That this was supposed to be the payoff for the, fe- oh, so it was supposed to be feminine. Yeah, 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 that's what they do. Oh, okay, it was that. So I thought it was a dream just because he doesn't respond at all. Oh. And, like, it immediately cuts to him in another trailer image watch, like, pulling a cigarette out of his mouth. Like, like it makes it look almost like he just murdered them and is pulling the <laughs> cigarette out, like, job well done. Like, but nope. Okay, interesting. So I, I do not know what whether which of those two was supposed to be happening, but I'm I'm glad to know that that is a plausible interpretation. A lot of open questions in this episode. For example, the first question that Lenny asks when he gets back to the Vatican, what became of the roller skating children? Mm. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, before we talk about the roller skating children, uh, Lenny gets to meet his favorite writer, who Sophia told him was going to visit him at the Vatican. Uh... Can we talk about the scene? I'm yeah. really excited okay, about okay. it. Okay, okay. So yeah. first of all, first of all, the guy's name is I'm his name is Elmore Cohen, and I'm like yes. 95% sure he's supposed to be Elmore Leonard. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, like they look I, I kind of thought he was supposed to be Yeah, okay. I thought maybe he was supposed to be Philip Roth. I mean, it's possible, but I feel like they look the same. 
And like Elmore Cohen, Leonard Cohen, Elmore Leonard, like I feel like that. Oh, that's the that's the Trinity. That's the new Trinity. <laughs> the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, composed of of Leonard Cohen, the Father, uh, Elmore Leonard, the Son. Yeah, and Elmore Cohen, the Holy Spirit, because he's a fictional character. Right. I mean, yeah, it's basically, I mean, I don't know that it actually is that important who it's supposed to be, but it's basically no. like, you know, your typical like American 70, like white male writer in his 70s or 80s who's writing like realism or like literary fiction. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so he's, he's very, everyone's, both of them are very excited about this meeting. They're kind of like, ooh, like, sup, bro? They both have bro crushes on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because Elmore Cohen calls the Pope the most mysterious man of the first few decades of the century. And then they talk about how writers and priests are similar in their obsession with mystery, but that they, like, they love the mystery, but they can't unveil or solve the mystery because then they become irrelevant. They 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 can't uh, open the gown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can't part the kimono. Yes, they cannot. I, I I was trying not to say explicitly part the kimono, but they cannot part the kimono. They can't. They keep it very unparted, tightly unparted. Um, and and I like. There's a lot of weird candor in this scene. Where Elmore Cohen is just like, yeah, writing lets me pretend, like, like make it clear that I'm not an idiot so that people will like me. And also get exceptions from women who are my one and only real interest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, dude, I know the kind of figures that you are supposed to be a, a takeoff on. But, like, even those guys have other interests. Nope. Like... Nope, 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 nope. Philip Roth is just a big horny boy. That's all. That's all well, it is. Well, he is, but he's no. He's a horny Jewish boy, though. Mm. He's also interested in Judaism as it relates to his horniness. Yeah, but it all, it all just. Uh... This is closer to Updike. Updike has two interests: horniness and like literally his dick as a physical object, which is, I think, a slight. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Wait, what's Updike? Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not taking I'm not I'm not taking the updike painting on this. Uh, nope. We're not doing it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you uh, son of a bitch. The- you wouldn't give me this one thing. <laughs> I asked for so little. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm so trying. I don't want to solve the mystery. I'm trying not yeah, to part the kimono on You got to keep that mystery open. Um, uh, and yeah, they're just talking about fucking though. They're just like, yep, mm, boning down. Let's just talk about. Yep. Let's just, mm, yeah. And Lenny says the confessional is our operating room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and Lenny Lenny says um, that sex as a source of pleasure is overvalued in our society, which like true. Mm-hmm. And then Elmer Cohen is like, fuck dog. Like with a few words, you've just raised to the ground three quarters of my literary production. I've almost always written about sex as the motor that drives the world. 
And then they talk about Nobel Prizes, and he says, they've gotten into the habit of giving Nobel Prizes only to those who don't want it. <laughs> uh, so I don't... When was this written? I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure there have been other Nobel Prize awardees than Bob Dylan who didn't want it, but, like, that's all I could think wait, of. Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying that there have been other people who won the Nobel... I thought they created the Nobel Prize in literature specifically to recognize Bob Dylan. Oh. Is that a wrong... Did I not misunderstand what was happening? No, I guess the, that the is Nobel true. Committee? That is true, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's the only person it could be about because he is the only person to ever win the Nobel Prize in literature, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. Hold on. Let me let me look this up. Okay. Uh, list of people who have won Nobel Prize. Yeah, it's just Bob Dylan. If you, if you look that up, it just redirects to Bob Dylan's Wikipedia page. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so they have this conversation, and uh, they talk about how the Pope remembers everything about his one girlfriend, but uh, Elmore Cohen has forgotten all of his girlfriends, except for, like, the grossest, like, nastiest shit that he got down on, because he was told by priests that it was the stuff he was not supposed to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And that's their conversation, and that's a scene that happens in the show. And uh, scene. Yep. And then from there, uh, who who does the Pope go hang out with next? It's Michael. Aww. It's Michael, and he's sick. There's something wrong with him. Oh. Yeah, but they don't know what it is. And Lenny says, perhaps God has entered you. Nice. Uh, and Michael says, more than likely, it's the devil. And then he, he tells uh, Spencer that he's not going to resign and that he's never going to be the Pope. He says, I'm the Pope, and I'm going to remain Pope until the day I die, um, because I'm curious to see how it all turns out. <laughs> Which is an awful reason. Yeah, it's just like, well, I don't know, like, whatever, I'll see what's on. Like, he's flipping through channels, and he's like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll check out this numbers marathon. Uh, and uh, Michael says he doesn't believe in God, and he he's cool with it. So everyone else who's accused Lenny of not believing in God has kind of made it this, like, very grave accusation. And it turns out, the way Michael thinks about it, I think, actually makes a lot more sense, which is to frame it as a side effect of his being a young pope. Mm. That he he has become the pope at a moment where, like, lots of people have midlife crises, and that that's what he's doing. And that we forget about it because he's so young compared to other popes. Uh, and he says... The second calling is more challenging and more fraught than the first, which makes it sound like a really good sequel to like a a game called The Calling. <laughs> like you you pop in you pop in like Second Calling and it's like way harder. It's like Dark Souls two. Uh, you just pop it in and you're like, oh god, like it's way like the levels are way more difficult because you no longer have to deal with the enthusiasm of youth, but you have to grapple with disenchantment and the limitations of the rational. Yeah, this whole scene feels like something, it feels like it's like the end of like Empire Strikes Back, the Young Pope edition, because like, he's just like, it's so weird. Like, Spencer has never spoken like this the whole time he's been on the show. And maybe just the learning that he's dying, um, I assume, has like changed him because he's just like, there's another path that'll allow you to find the people and things you're looking for. Um, and Lenny says, "These like, are not these are not the people and things you're looking for." <laughs> Lenny and Lenny just becomes like a child again. Like, please show me this path, I beg you. 
is which is interesting. So I assume this is more what their relationship was like before Lenny became the Pope. Right, right. Uh, and yeah, and he's like, all you can see now are your own darts, doubts in the darkness. And Lenny's like, show me the path, like I beg you. And, and Michael says, if I show it to you, then the adventure is over. Don't you see, Lenny? Your life, your papacy is an unforgettable adventure. Which is like, that's just a crazy <laughs> thing to say. Who, what? <laughs> What are you talking about, Michael? That's like, what? are you like, are you, are you high right now, dog? <laughs> Have they got you on that like medicinal or, shit right now? Like, did you get, or did you get ported over from like a child storybook, like Narnia version of this, <laughs> where it's like, welcome to the unforgettable adventure of the secret garden of the Pope? Uh, and, like, yes, this is an unforgettable adventure for the billion people. Who ostensibly take religious authority, uh, invest religious authority in Lenny. That is the unforgettable adventure. And Lenny says, you truly are my spiritual father. The best, the best a priest could hope to have. Simply the best. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and, and Michael uh, tells him to go to Venice and bury two empty coffins, um, which is a pretty interesting piece of advice. And the first in what I think will probably be a relatively short recurring segment uh, about spiritual advice that Michael gives to Lenny that I would like to call Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> oh my god. So on this on this episode of Spencer's Gifts, we get this piece of advice to go to Venice and bury two empty coffins. So the next time you go into a Spencer's Gifts, uh, maybe just go to the clerk and say, hey, do you guys have two empty no, coffins no, no, but and you, a plane ticket? You can't buy the empty coffins from Spencer's Gifts because they, oh, they're, okay. they're lined with, like, Confederate flags. Oh, no! Yeah. I mean, given the way that Lenny's parents look, like, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's not out of the question. Yeah, it's unclear what their background is. Yeah. Um... But just think about that. The next time that you're in a Spencer's Gifts, a much more spiritual place than you could have imagined. <laughs> just next time you're doing your, your when you're doing your uh, your holiday or uh, President's Day shopping mm-hmm. at Spencer's Gifts. Uh, so then, then uh, the Pope is doing Sunday Mass, and like nobody is there. Nobody gives a shit. The press are like busy reading magazines and like scrolling through their phones. He has his back turned, which is does a really good job of like making fully concrete what exactly he has been doing. Yeah. Because he can't just be doing speeches in the dark. So it turns out he's been turning his back, like literally turning his back on the faithful. Yeah, it's Metaphor. symbolism. Oh. Figurative language. And he's like, uh, I'm not yeah. going to be here next week because I'm going to Africa. I haven't decided where yet. Just, you know, just in it's general. Africa. Just in general somewhere. Yeah. And, and just like the the strain, the soft strains of Toto uh, <laughs> begin begin to emerge over the course of the rest of the, the episode. Uh, and the press are like, oh, my God, like the Pope is going somewhere. Finally, a news story. What a scoop. And... Yeah, whoa, get the, get this one on the international dateline. Most important story of the decade, the hope goes to Africa. Uh, yeah, and very quickly after that, we're on the plane to Africa, and he, like, smiles after he finishes the mass, and Sophia's like, yes, my child, yes. Um, and he's like, you, you approve of me. 
Uh, yeah, <gasps> wait, everyone's wait, wait, like, wait, 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 oh, yep, wait, yep, wait, yep, wait. Yep. What if Sophia is? Oh no! His mother. It's another piece of the puzzle. She's also a time traveler. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's all. Just wanted. To, I believe it. Just wanted. To yep. Toss that in there. Got it. Yep. Maybe the plane. Maybe the plane. Like maybe it's a um, uh, like a Langoliers situation. Um, yeah, it's like that thing that you said. The plane. Yeah, that's, is that, that's the one I'm thinking of, right? It's like the Stephen King one where they're like the monsters that eat people on the plane. Yep. There's a dog. It's in New England. The dog is also a clown. Yep. Oh man. And look at those, like, look at those mouths. Well, basically he doesn't show up on the plane. He stays up front and Sophia goes out to be like, yeah, it's, you know, he's, doing the stuff and he's not going to come out yet and then like the journalists are mad and one of them starts like basically shouts through the door this question about like which respect yeah she's like uh some people think that you sent deliberately sent an inexperienced priest to investigate the Kurtzwell case because Kurtzwell is blackmailing you um so what do you have to say to that and like he's just like like silent up front but then like the plane gets hit with a really big burst of turbulence and everyone's like, oh, shit, the Pope is moving the plane. Yeah, he's just which like, I everyone love. shut up. I'm trying to pray. Yeah. Like, quiet. The voice of God booms. Um, and then they make it to Africa. And they land. And there's, like, a small delegation that's greeting them. Um, and there are, like, soldiers and people dancing. And it all feels very, like... This is it's it's not as bad as it would be in like a Walking Dead situation where literally nobody gives a shit and it looks like a bad Xerox of a Xerox of a scene set in Africa, but it's not great. I mean, it's just like as this episode goes on, it just becomes more and more like uh what are, what are things we know about Africa like um uh like dictators uh, Military dictatorships, I think. Um, cool. Yep. People dancing. Um, uh, water, water problems. Water problems. Uh, yeah, uh, dog. That's uh, not sand. like cities. Like not yeah. cities to sand. Um, yeah, I think that's good. We're good. We did nailed it, bro. Fucking hit, tick off that checklist. Yikes. Hell yeah! Yikes! 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 Yeah. Uh, but they they get to the village. Uh, after and they they see you know like they stop uh, and there's like a corpse, like someone has been shot. Uh, and partly I think uh, there's like some suggestion that part of it is because of the military dictator is providing like a security detail for the pope. Right, um, right, yeah. Which which we know because earlier they say that this this dictator Prince Abadi has like set up a stadium in wherever in in the only stadium in Africa, I guess. Uh, for the Pope's speech. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's so uh, bad. Yes. Uh, and, uh, Voyello talks to, uh, Antonia. Oh my God. I love this scene because he's like, he's the enforcer yeah, take it. You take now. This one. He's just like, yep. he comes out he of the loves, car. He loves it. He's just like, he's so settled into his role as like, it's, it reminds me of the scene when they go to like kick, uh, uh, Tonino's ass. Oh yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> put him in quicksand. Yeah. He's like, give me your phone. 
Like, you're not getting any pictures with the Pope. And she's just, like, throwing this fit, like, of course, like, do you think I got, the, got the Pope to come all this way to not get a picture with him? Like, I don't like, like the Pope's I, attitude. I, I called 14 times a day yeah. so I could get a picture with the Pope. For two days. And, uh, and he's like, you know, like, you know what? Like, the Pope... I know him pretty well. He could shut your whole operation down if he wanted to. Like, he just, he doesn't even give a damn. He doesn't give a fuck. This Pope's crazy. He'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. I've seen him just like. This Pope is wild. He's wild. He's young. He's hip. He's cool. He went over, he went over Goalie Gulch on his skateboard. I mean, everyone on says that, but no one actually saw him do it. That's why there are no photos. <laughs> um,. But, uh, and he also, like, he's like, here's a gift from the Pope, and gives her breakfast, which is, like, such a power move. (laughs) Better take two. Yeah, wow. But Uh, but then we get this really, really great scene. Like, I, one of my favorite visual scenes in the show, uh, where Antonia is, like, giving the Pope a tour of the village, and she's like, this is the church, this is the dormitory, whatever. This is the steeple. And obviously... Open it up and see all the people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Richard Scarry's busy world of, of poping. <laughs> uh, and and it's very obvious that the whole thing has been, like, very heavily choreographed. And all these children, like, run up and hug her. And she's just like, ah, ah, ah. She's like, enough, oh, stop. It's so creepy. Stop showering me. Yeah, stop showering me with love. Um, and the Pope just kind of is like, I don't give a shit and like walks up to like, look at the rest of the village and lights a cigarette all set to this very good kind of house, like peppy song, um, which if you're interested, uh, for the folks, the folks at home, uh, cause I like this one a lot. I've added it to my working playlist. <laughs> it's called rabbits in a hurry by super pitcher. Nice. Off the album, Kilimanjaro. Uh, we'll be taking that uh, $150 now, <laughs> Super Pitcher. Uh, and they're they're kind of, like, driving around on golf carts, and they see a couple of women who are, like, in a river, and Antonia yells at them to come out because the water is dangerous. It can cause fluorosis, anemia, joint pains, dental disease, and kidney failure. Uh, so the thing, the thing that they mostly need is, like, clean water, uh, but the bureaucracy and soldiers and whatever steal it and keep it for themselves and so she shows the pope the system that they have where water condenses on glass and then drips into containers and then they can kind of like ration it out to people and she offers some of it to the pope which i get as a gesture of magnanimity but there are a lot of people who need this water who are not like one of the most powerful men in the world yeah yeah and he's like now i'm good that's a papal whoopsie uh yeah and then the pope does a real confessional for basically the first time on the show i think Mm -hmm. yeah he's not Uh, just like i don't have any sins because i'm too good to think that i'm doing wrong nope uh so he goes into like this hut with this old uh african priest and he talks about his meeting with elmore cohen and about how it was like titillating and how his girlfriend said that she could touch her let he could touch her legs and he thinks about that all the time um oh and we find out that esther peter and Pius have left the vatican oh yeah like they were so frustrated by the pope's constant visits to their house and intrusion on their x-factor time that they just left i can't wait for the spinoff show 
Yep. Esther, Peter, and Pius. They're making it in the I, big I, city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming soon in HBO Half Hour, airing alongside girls. Yeah, I, that's Peter so pa- wild, Esther- though. Like, I had no, like, there's nothing. I guess there's a little to suggest that this might have happened, but like, un- up until now, well, they haven't the shown up in this episode, and it's like, oh, they're just gone. Like, he he sees he they left uh they left the photo of him holding Pius, which clearly means a lot to him because like he hates having photos of himself and he let them have one and they didn't even take it with them. Yeah. Which so so like say what you will about Lenny being terrible, I get why he's upset about this. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then but then he moves on to also talk about Andrew. And Who he doesn't feel bad about at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oops. Uh, but then he wonders, like, if the world is right. Like, if he's wrong, if he's cruel, if he's bad. And he's like, everything I do, I do for the love of God. But maybe I am maybe I am wrong. And he's having this moment of doubt. But then it turns out that the priest doesn't actually speak English. Awkward. Uh, and he gets so mad. He's like, you've let me rattle on like an idiot for the past ten minutes. And he he hands the, this priest hands him a note uh, that says that Sister Antonia is actually the one who's hoarding the water, and uses it to control sick people and nuns, and essentially blackmails them for sexual favors. Yikes! Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the Pope does like a service, you know. He he leads a mass, and and he kind of like he sees in the reflection of the chalice he's using, he sees Sister Antonia like holding hands with one of the nuns yikes it's weird yeah uh and then he's hanging out with his his squad and voyello gives him some good news which is that there is a a, there are a lot more requests to take place in the next mass take part in the next mass um which proves that like maybe lenny's strategy was kind of working but that he needed to suggest that he actually would eventually appear for people to get excited about it. Right, yeah. Um, the the morbid curiosity prompted by absence. And he's like, as an yes. orf as an orphan, which is like how he as starts all of his sentences. He that's how that's how if he if the at Pontifex account now starts all of its tweets with as an orphan, I think I know a little bit about this situation. Uh, yeah, and, uh, he, he says, Voyello, remember when you asked me who I really am, uh, who I really, yeah, he's like, when, when you sang that Nickelback song to me, uh, and Voyello's like, yeah, and he says, I'm just a man, uh, and Voyello says, that's not all, your holiness, you are the church. Then we cut to a scene of Voyello and Sister Mary sitting on, what are they sitting on, do you know? They're sitting on something. Um... Ground rock, rock, I guess. Yeah. And staring out of the desert, and it's, like, very beautiful. And Voyello asks Sister Mary if Kurtwell actually has any blackmail material on the Pope. Uh, And she says that he doesn't. They just, like, worked in New York together. And then... He holds her hand. It's so weird. No, really? I thought this was... She seems to me it read like she was into it. I guess, yeah. No, it's maybe she, it's just because it, I'm is, coming off the energy of the last hand holding scene in this episode. I don't think that's what this was. Like, 
I think that they've done a pretty good job of suggesting their, like, weird feelings for each other that have developed because they both are such, like, stone operators. Yeah, Like, no, they have a lot sense. in common. Yeah, okay, I get Like, that. I get it. And it's, it's, I think it's really sweet. Like, he, he holds her hand and he, like, kind of looks like they're maybe gonna kiss and then she, like, she gets flustered. Like, she's not mad. I think that's, like, the easiest way you could tell. She's not, like, upset. She just is a little overwhelmed. Um, and she's like, oh, oh, and, and Voyello's like, oh, forgive me. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. And, like, they don't know how to work through it. Like, I actually paused at this point in the episode and was like, like, I, I found this really cute. Um, I'm, like, really into this. Like, I, I ship it. Nice. Uh, not as a real thing, but I, I ship it as a spiritual affair. Okay. And, uh, yeah, then they're all having dinner later, and uh, Antonia, or they, they're talking about the Civil War in, in generic A, Africa, and Sister Antonia defends Prince Abadi, uh, and Voyello says... I'd use my words with care. The UN denounces him as a ferocious torturer and old school dictator. And she defends him and says, I've been in this place for many years. Prince Abadi is a good man. Oh my God. But then we get a really good Voyello dunk where he's just like, yeah, we do. Like <laughs> The UN has been in this place for some time too. Like, Oh, <laughs> thank God. Like truly one of the best things about the last couple of episodes has been watching Voyello get his dunk on. It's good. Because he, he can dunk on essentially anybody but the Pope. Yeah. He's the Scotty Pippin. He's the Scotty Popin uh, of, of the church. He's and good. she says he's a good man. And the Pope gets up. And you're like, uh-oh. It's time for a very, very artfully constructed papal dunk. And he says, what does it mean to be a good person? Uh, do you think, are you a good person, Sister Antonia? And she says, I believe I am. And he says, don't be in such a hurry. And you're like, uh-oh, warning bells. The Kill Bill sirens uh, start going off. Yeah, right? <laughs> and Lenny, like, pulls out his 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 sword, his Hattori Hanzo uh, uh, steel. And it's just like, she's like, I try to live in accordance with Christian values. And he says, which ones? A good person puts himself last, renounces his temptations, and works for the interests of others. And think carefully and answer, because I won't put up with even the tiniest lie. There seems to be a misunderstanding about my visit. It's not to honor you, it's actually to ascertain your temptations. And then he says, heal yourself, Sister Antonia. Halitosis is a deformation of the soul. Fuck. Oh my god. And then, okay, wait, but then this guy gets up and, like, drops an urn? Yeah, so this is the priest. Oh, right, yeah, the uh, same who guy. he did yeah, his yeah, confession yeah. with. And he drops it, and I, I, my guess, the way I read this scene is that all of the water jugs that are not the ones at the Pope's table are actually empty. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. And he drops it, and it breaks, and there's no water, this and he dust. just says, water problem. And that's the end of the dinner. Yeah, I don't want to... I'm tired of hearing about your water problems. Awkward. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's like... Um, no, I missed the moment. Water problems, who's got them? Nope. I've, I've got them too. Mm, I mean... <sighs> water trouble? You've got trouble. Don't know what to do. 
Okay. Think I think I broke up with this water joke today. Yep. We probably should. We should move on. Um <laughs> Hi Carly Ray Jepson. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so he uh, he, uh, gives a speech, but he doesn't physically appear. You got Prince Abadi nope. sitting up on this stage. He gets driven around the the, the stadium in, like, the back of a car yeah. before. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, military pageantry. Yes, yes. And Prince Abadi but is sitting Pope on the stage next to an empty chair. Yep. So this this is great. Like, this scene, they needed to do something to prove that the Pope is capable of being a good Pope. And, like, I think this works. Because the speech is very good, and everyone is very effectively moved by it. This is the positive speech that Sophia wanted him to give. And he talks about how everyone is guilty in war but and we can all be guilty of peace which is like it doesn't really mean anything but it's a really good rhetorical flourish yeah um and he he mentions how he tells all of the children who write to him that he wants to think about things that he likes and this is a good ass line children like all sorts of things but none of them has ever written that what they like is war right yeah uh yeah and he he says you know remember what saint augustine said uh, God is love, you know, uh, like you can see God through love, but God is also peace. So give me peace and I'll give you God. Uh, and I think this is a hard, it's a really good speech. I think this is a tough message to sell to all of the people who have probably been either like forced to go to this or who don't really have like a lot of power to affect the regime. Like, I think he's just talking. You, we do get a couple of scenes of the soldiers, like, crying because they've been affected by how powerful his speech is. Yeah. Uh, but he says, I saw peace when I was eight years old on the banks of a river in Colorado. And we get this flashback to him and his parents and his mom is just, like, they're all swimming around, like, naked in, like, a, a river. And the, his dad is, like, nice, like nice and they just kind of like sit together and it's very idyllic and beautiful the the garden of eden for lenny right yeah yeah i never thought about that but that does seem true uh yeah and it's like he fucking knows like sophia's like yes yes do it lenny like fucking fuck him up like do it you got this bro and everyone's really into the speech uh and then uh you know they're they're on a plane on the way back um and uh he talks to one of the journalists well he's like sneaking is he like sneaking to the bathroom i think he just walks through i don't think he's sneaking to the bathroom i think he just like oh wait 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 a gosh darn minute a couple of things about this first number one At the beginning of this flashback, we see an image of young Lenny, arms wide open, naked as a child in Colorado. Mm. And you would think that because of this image, they would, on the soundtrack, use the song Arms Wide Open by Creed. I'm not familiar. Really? I No, what is that? Uh, I guess, okay, I think think this means we're going to have to do a whole episode now where we talk about the collected discography of Creed. Uh, I don't, I'm not, um, stay I'm tuned. Not episode nine, people, uh, all, all about Creed. 
It's it's gonna be called the Nicene Creed. Creed. Oh. Because that's not what's actually playing on the soundtrack. It's a cover of Halo. Wait, really? Yeah, it's a cover of Halo. Oh my god. They used a cover, like an Americana cover of a Beyonce song in a scene Why? in which the Pope gives a speech to Africa about the importance of peace. I hate this. I actually, I, it's a really ridiculous, but like, abs- like beautifully absurd music choice. I was into it. Well. It's a very weird choice, but it took me a while when I was like, wait, like, those are the lyrics to Halo. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was familiar, but I was just like, this is, like, because they use so many odd tracks, like. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep, Weird. that's a cover of Halo. Well. Uh, I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that there is a cover of Halo in this episode. Now we know. Uh, yep, and then uh, he walks through the plane, and all the journalists are sleeping, and he just is, like, nodding, like, yes, like, I did it. Like, I exhausted them with my spirituality. Uh, and one of them is awake, and he smiles, and it says, it was beautiful. And Lenny says, I know, and he pretends that they're talking about the dancers because he's just fishing for this compliment. <laughs> yeah. For the journalist to be like, no, Holy Father, I'm talking about your speech. And then it turns out, I love this. So it turns out they have to land in Naples uh, because they can't. the weather is too bad to land in Rome. And the Pope is sitting in the cockpit. This is my favorite childish moment in the whole episode. The Pope, <laughs> he wants to touch the buttons in the plane. And I think it's a priest who's flying the plane. Is it? Maybe. Like a priest who also is a pilot? I don't know. And he's like, no, you can't. He just like pulls back his hands really quickly. But I, that's so cute. Like, I really liked that. That was, was one good. of my favorite it was good. Like, ch- child Pope moments. Because uh, also, like, I don't know, I would do that. Like, if I was, if I ever get to sit in the cockpit of a plane, I'm going to be like, I'm going to touch all this shit. I don't care if we die. I have to push these buttons immediately. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so they land in Naples. I Yeah, I'm looking at this now. I'm pretty sure it is a priest. Okay. I think it is a priest who is flying the plane. It looks like he's wearing, uh, like, a priest collar, which makes sense, I think, that there are, like, priests who are also pilots and, like, fly around the Pope or something on, like, Pope Force One. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. And so he they go to a gas station, and we finally, finally, finally get the image from the trailer of the Pope kneeling in front of a fleet of trucks, staring up at the heavens... It's beautiful. And everyone's like, what's he doing? They're all in like a coach. Like they're all in a a tour bus or something. And he says, Lord, let us look each other right in the eyes. We can no longer put up this matter. We now need to speak about Sister Antonia. And he is pissed at Sister Antonia, who fucking dies. He, she died. Like she goes to the fridge, which is full of bottled water. This and with like with like smoke coming out of it, like it looks like a fucking prop from an Indiana Jones movie. It's like, yeah, it's all of the delicious water is there, and um, Kelpie Grammar needs that water to breathe. <laughs> she she gets some water and then like goes back to her bed with someone else in it. Yep, 
And I think it's, it's it's that nun. It's that nun, yeah. And Who's she just like nun? has an episode, like a heart attack or something. Yep. And she's just like, Maria, Maria. And the Pope is just like praying really hard. And she's trying to pray against him, but he's praying at her. And it's kind of, it's like a battle of wills well, it's like facilitated in, by God. It's like in Dragon Ball Z when they both shoot a laser at each other. Yes. When they both shoot a Kamehameha. Yes, exactly. And it, it hits each other in the middle and it's getting pushed back. It's, it's, um, it's like that or the end of Avatar The Last Airbender mm. uh, when they're having, like, a battle of wills of, like, spirit energy. Like, that's exactly what's happening. And she fucking dies. He kills her with God. With his prayer. And, like, you know how much I love everything in this show that suggests that the Pope is actually, like, a saint. So I am extremely here for this. Like, I love that in this universe, they're just like, no, like, there's not going to be any ambiguity over whether or not he actually is a saint. He fucking killed someone with his prayers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like a very high level cleric spell. Right? Like, holy shit. Like, she's not even in his sight radius. She's like, yeah, she's on another continent. And he's just we like... Should, can, can we can we do either as a segment or as a bonus episode at some point? Can we make a character sheet for Lenny and try to like articulate all of the spells he has oh access my God. to? He's like a level fifteen cleric, right? And like, yeah, but shit. he definitely leveled up. He definitely leveled up in this episode. Well, he just has like a constantly active zone of truth. That is true. Oh my God. Special ability, papal infallibility. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So he he fucking kills somebody with his prayers. So so, and I guess that's why he needed to go to a gas station because he wanted to like pray outside. Well, yeah. Um, God can't hear you from inside a car. Yes. Uh, which you know I I get it. Like it's like the wind's moving really fast outside the wind like the window. Hard to hear anything really. Everyone, all the other journalists on the bus are busy playing like Zitch Dog uh spotting cars from the the highway so i get it but yeah do you have any other thoughts about this this turn for the end of this episode like i really liked it i can see people not liking it but like fuck yeah this is what i wanted from the show like i wanted an image of the pope kneeling in front of a truck murdering someone with his words i mean i don't think the show like yeah, like, uh, I feel like it had to go this way, and I'm happy that it did, because, like, for this show to just be, like, an exploration of, like, the Vatican political structure would be, I don't know, like, I feel like there's not much you can fine. do with that. It would be fine, yeah. but it wouldn't be as compelling as this, like... And now that we've basically, like, there's a lot of, like, doubt about, like, is Lenny or isn't he? And it's basically just like, no, he defo defo is. Yeah. I mean, I, so I could see someone coming out of this and being like, no, like, it was a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. Dog, like, there is no way that was a coincidence. Like, Not even me? a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, so, okay. I'm actually going to posit one theory here. That may unfortunately deflate our our bubble about this a little bit. What if she was poisoned by the priest, well, or by the nun that she's forcing to sleep with her? That's another possibility. Like I had thought, I about don't that. like it. 
Like, that is the most likely possibility. Like, that's the thing where, like, you could imagine in a later episode someone revealing that as a way of undermining the Pope's divinity. I hope that did not happen, but I, mean, I think it is but, a real possibility. But weren't those, like, bottles of water, like, weren't they, like, sealed? Uh, I don't know. I think they looked like the kind of bottles that you refill to, like, use at a restaurant, you know? Oh. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Uh, the other possibility, and I was hoping you you would have brought this up, is that she was affected by alterations to the time stream. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, just, you know, like, now that Sophia's back in the mix, she and the Pope being together, like, the two time travelers in the same place, causes some ripples, Ooh. and, like, maybe she just got a, a face full of that good time energy. Maybe Sophia was gone because she had to go back to the past to be Lenny's mother so that she I was there during the moments that he remembered in this episode. Yeah, I think that's good. I like that a lot. Uh, which also makes a lot of sense because the last image of this episode is, like, his mother in flashback again, and she just, like, takes a deep breath, and that's the end of the episode. Yep. And I'm just like, cool, nice. I'm back on board. I'm back. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about in this episode before we get on to our, uh, regular segment? Uh, no, I mean, let's just hit a Pope, uh, hit me with a Pope of the Week. Okay, so this Pope is not really related to the episode, but I love this Pope name, and I love some good stuff about him. Pope Zephyrinus. Pretty good. Pretty good. good yeah. So he was one of the earliest popes. Uh, he was the pope from the year 199 to 217. And uh, during his papacy, as you may guess from the first, like history of the first couple hundred years of the church, everyone was getting murdered by the Romans. The mm. Romans were just like, throw them to the lions, fucking like crucify them. Uh, send a bunch of, like, MRAs into their mansions. Just fucking fuck them up. Uh, and the history, the way that people talk about this papacy, is that Zephyrinus is one of the only early popes to not be physically martyred. Like, he was never murdered. But he did a lot of emotional labor, both to keep the papacy, to keep the church alive, and uh, to fight off a lot of the heresies that were prominent at the time because it was like the early days of the religion and basically anyone could say, this is a thing I believe about Jesus. And like, no one could really say shit to you. Um, and so because of that, he is considered a martyr. And uh, I think like all of the early popes is a saint. Nice. So that's the, that's the story uh, of Zephyrinus. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the heresies and apostasies that he combated, because I think that we have not talked nearly enough about heresy. Yeah, we've please. done a lot of it. Oh, we've done God a lot knows of heresy. We've done enough. Yes, we've done some. Hey, folks, I know we've all had a good time doing some heresy today, <laughs> but did you know that the real heresy is the friends we made along the way? I mean, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, so I want to talk about a couple of these. So he, he, uh, one of them I want to talk about is a, a heretical community that was founded by someone who was actually excommunicated by Zephyrinus's predecessor 
because this guy is named Theodotus the Tanner, which literally Sweet. is an NPC in an, in a D and D adventure. Uh huh. You're like, hey everyone, I'm Theodotus the Tanner. Uh, I steal his tanning supplies. Yeah, no, he 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 resorts to heresy to get you to give them back. Oh no. He becomes a level three blackguard. Uh, uh, so Theodotus's heresy is that Jesus was born as in a mortal man, but became Christ, became God, uh, once he was resurrected, rather than having been born as both God and a mortal man. Mm. Uh, a doctrine called dynamic monarchianism or adoptionism. Uh, and Pope Victor I, uh, Zephyrinus's predecessor, was like, this is heresy, and excommunicated him. But then uh, he, his followers formed like a whole community who was ruled, which was ruled by another Theodotus, Theodotus the Money Changer. Hmm. Who runs the like early Christian fantasy uh, store. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, um, weird stuff happening with these, oh, man. With these heresies. We just missed yeah. his feast day. We just missed. I know Pope Zephyrinus's feast day. It was December twentieth. I mean, we just missed it. In the future, it will have been. It about will happen a month. again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just to just to give you a little peek behind the scenes, it is December twenty second, twenty sixteen. Uh, and we are very excited for to celebrate Lenny's birthday in a couple of days. Right? That's what the holiday is? Um, well, if it turns out that he actually is Christ, then yeah. He is the sweet Christ, I believe, uh, is what Diane Keaton said. So That's I'm gonna what go with the that. lady said, yeah. Uh, uh, can I tell you about a word that I learned about the other day? Yeah, please do. Uh, the word is papabile. Uh, okay. And it's an unofficial Italian term that basically means someone who is likely or possible to be the Pope. And mm. a literal English translation would be popable or able to be Pope. Although <laughs> oh I would prefer that God. it's just able to Pope. Likely oh to pope. <laughs> Wait, you don't like popable? You don't. You don't want to like see a list that's like top five most popable cardinals. Like... <laughs> no, I like that too. The world's <laughs> most popable man. Oh no, the most popable man in the world. Oh no, I love that. I it's really, really so like that. So good, and it's basically like I gotta so... work, work, work that into my gossip from now on. Yeah. So in the universe of the young pope, um, the candidates who would have been uh, most popable would be yeah. Michael. It probably is Michael. I think is the most popable at the yeah, time. Yeah, he was pretty popable. Lenny was I mean, not look, considered. Look at those aviators. Lenny was not you just considered popable. Um, and uh, but but I guess there is like there's this thing that happens sometimes where like people who are considered most popable don't get elected pope. <sighs> Um, it's like yeah. people who come up from behind. And so there's a saying among Vaticanologists that oh he God. who enters the conclave as Pope leaves it as a cardinal. Um, it's a popular Whoa. proverb in Italy. I love this. God, we need to talk to like a real, we need to find a Vaticanologist. Like we're going to have some Christianity experts, but like we really need 
a full-on Vaticanologist who can read all of this, like, symbolism for and us. And a Vulcanologist. Yes, and a Vulcanologist. Uh, and a Klingonologist. Ugh. Did that go in the right? Were, were, was, I, was I doing that right? Did we go the right? You know, there's probably an equal number of people who know about Klingon culture as people who know about the Vatican culture. That, I actually think it's more people who know about Klingon culture. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, okay, can I, can I, do we, do we have, do we want to talk more about being popable or can I, are we, are we drawn, is there any questions we got or anything? Uh, no, I'm reaching in the mailbag and um, it's, it's empty this week because I didn't. It's divinely empty. It's, uh, oh, there's nothing there. It vanished. Okay, so can I, can I, can I close this out by reading uh, some hot off the presses communication from the current IRL Pope. I wish you would. So this is a tweet that the Pope sent today. It says the birthday of Jesus who took on the burden of our human weakness is drawing closer. The first reply to this tweet is from the official socialist party of great Britain this is a verified account. And the tweet says, he died a long time ago. Try looking forwards rather than backwards. Yeah, that seems about right. Actually, can, can I read a couple of other replies to this? This Please. is the only time we'll do this. Uh, next biggest reply from Patty at Patty Poet. Can you send me your holy semen so I can heal my gay son? Mm -hmm. That's how it works. That that is that is how it works. <laughs> That's actually spoiler alert on the season finale of the Young Pope. Oh no, the Pope has to the Pope has to break his vows by coming to save a gay priest. It's it's like the the purest and like it's like the Platonic ideal of when daddy gives you cummies because he is the, <laughs> the holy daddy i can't believe we use that twice in one episode i'm just the worst i'm the worst there's another the, and, and the next reply is just choke me daddy of course it is god imagine so, being the pope and just getting those tweets every day imagine being the guy who reads the pope's mention like who has to like filter the pope's mentions Oh my god. Like your confessional would be terrible. Can I read you one more tweet from the Pope? Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. Uh food. It says food two hundred dollars. Sunglasses one hundred and fifty dollars. Nope. I hate no, no, uh, I hate it. I hate people it. Tiara, eight hundred dollars. Uh <sighs> candles, thirty six hundred dollars. Uh kangaroo. This is more than food. characters. Kangaroo food, $150. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My church is dying. Oh, I thought you were going to do a MasterCard bid. Oh, no, no. This is a Pope. This is an actual tweet from the Pope. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Um, can I, Wait, was that this episode? Did we not talk about that? Uh, when he tweets? No, no, no. About the kangaroo. Oh my god! 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 How oh my did we god. forget about this? Because it's too traumatic. Traumatic to think about. Is is it this episode? Well, you didn't watch episode nine, did you? 
I don't think so, but it's not in my notes. No, no it is in this episode. It's in the scene. It's right after the second calling scene with Spencer. We just forgot it. I blocked it wow. out. I blocked it out. I couldn't even consider it. The yeah. kangaroo well, so fucking died. Do we do we need to put this back earlier in the episode, or are we going to leave this as a bonus bit no, for the people who really just, stuck, have to stuck with to us on our, on our journey? God, so they leave after the scene where the Pope learns that his papacy is an unforgettable adventure. He discovers that adventures have consequences when he and Valente find the fucking dead body of the kangaroo on the ground in the Vatican. Maybe, and I'm going to make one suggestion to you, Lenny, because I don't want to tell you how to Pope. I wasn't elected by the conclave. Like, I don't fucking know. The Holy Spirit didn't imbue me with its power. But maybe leaving a kangaroo to just randomly live on the Vatican without kangaroo food wasn't the fucking best idea. I loved that kangaroo, Lenny, and you let it die. I, I'm not happy about I it. I just, I, I'm, I'm just still stunned. Um, what a low point. For Lenny, not for the show. It was very God. well done and emotionally affecting. But fuck you, everyone in the Vatican, for letting this beautiful, beautiful this kangaroo die. Creature. This bepouched, like, animal son. I can't, I can't, I have to leave now. This is, is too maybe, much. Maybe they should have brought it to the zoo and we could have just had scenes where the Pope went to the zoo and visited the kangaroo and then we could have seen all the other cool zoo animals instead of a dead kangaroo. I'm, I'm fucking forgot that this happened and now I'm so mad, not only that I forgot it, the way that the Pope forgot Andrew's death, but just that it happened in the first place and that we're not gonna get any more of the kangaroo unless the Pope gets another kangaroo in season two. Or, or. Yeah, oh or. my, okay, I know where you're going with this. Hit me, I love it. Kangaroo miracle. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going or, with it. I or, thought you were gonna say that- time travel. Yes, that's where I thought we were going. I thought you were like, maybe Sophia went back in time to save the kangaroo. Or or she, like, saved the Pope's papacy, but had to, like, maybe the kangaroo was the real-time agent the whole time, and the kangaroo, like, went back in time and stopped an assassination attempt on the Pope, but oh it God. got shot in the process, and then it, like, barely made it back to its own time, and it wanted to see the Pope one last time, but it died, like, moments before the Pope and Valente got there and it like, it was all, we almost saw the kangaroo be like, your holiness earned this. Oh like that would have been beautiful. Yeah. That's the web series. That's the web series right there. Time traveling papal kangaroo. Like that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Sky Atlantic. Give me some money to make a show about the time-traveling papal kangaroo. It's very sad. It has a preordained tragic ending, but it's going to be really, really good. We're going to get um, Mickey Rourke to voice the kangaroo. Oh my god, I have, I have to get, I have to go. I, I can't think about this anymore. We'll, 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 we'll hold a, a funeral service for the kangaroo uh, okay. later, later today. Okay, sounds good. Okay, I well. Yeah. I'm Ugh. fucking fired up now, and we're at the end of the episode. What's all? Where's all this energy gonna go? Um, Damn it! Yeah, kangaroo funeral planning. 
Oh, okay. One other thing that I want to talk about in this episode, Lenny eats a banana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is a big deal. Oh, man, because I we... forgot all about the kangaroo now because that just cheered me up so much. He just eats a fucking banana. Yep. Oh, my God. He, 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 remember, he doesn't normally eat breakfast. This is used to indicate that he's open to new experiences because he eats a banana. <laughs> he eats a fucking banana. I love it. And Sophia's like, congrats, Pope. Like, you learned that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <sighs> yeah. And that okay. banana peel is now a holy relic. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. I'm fine now. I'm, I am i don't care anymore. Oh. I'm good. Um, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yeah. Well, I think that does it then for this episode. Yep. Thank, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Until next time, we're the Popes now. We're the Popes now. Papal Bull is hosted by Merrick Kay and Eric Thurm and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Our recording engineer is Jeffrey DiLorenzo. Papal Bull is a special project of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at staymean.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter, we're at PapalBullCast and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.